I know just what to do. The Grinch laughed in his throat. I'll make a quick Santa Claus hat and a coat. He chuckled and clucked. What a great Grinchy trick. With this coat and this hat, I look just like Ron and Anian. I worked on a Volkswagen this week. Um, don't say this to anybody, and don't say it too loud. I think I'm starting to enjoy working on Volkswagens. Wait, what? You what? just said you don't like Volkswagen. Well, well don't contradict yourself. Well, you know, Santa's watching. You're being really naughty. You're going to get cold for Christmas. I'm starting to like working on Volkswagens more because I'm starting to understand how they think. They think badly. It's just the way they are. That's <laughs> car doctor. The weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. And since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open, but I am here to take your calls. At 855-560-9900. What's your favorite color? And now. And then I walked through the Lincoln Tunnel. Here's Ronnie. Yeah, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not bow. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa Claus is coming to town. Welcome. Come on in. Sit down as we get going here on this Car Doctor Christmas show. This is our last show before the uh, big Merry Christmas next weekend as uh, we all get ready to celebrate and celebrate whatever it is you want uh, this time of year. We uh, make no politically correct statements or incorrect statements. Um, Just uh, this is our Christmas show uh, a little bit of a week early because next week at this time... It's Christmas Eve, and yours truly will be headed north. Actually, the day before, I'm sworn to secrecy as to Wait the exact location. Wait a minute. Whoa. What? Time. What? Time. You did this last year. I know, but I, I do it every year. Listen. Well, well, we have a... Wait a minute. We have a show to do next week. I, sorry, fellas. We're going to have to do a best of something. I'm not sure what we're going to do next week. But you know, Do you want Tony and I giving car advice on the air? Um, <laughs> yeah, because then everybody will really appreciate me the following week. See, that's how it works. The ratings will really skyrocket that week. Oh, um, listen, I got a call. I got a call from the head elf. All right. You know, that's the big guy in the red suit. And actually, I got, I got a call from two places, him and NASA this year because NASA is working with NORAD because I have to install some new electronics on Santa's sleigh. Good, so I can expect the phone call when you can't figure out how it works. Right, because I'm going to be, I'm gonna be <laughs> once I get past solder A to B, then it's your turn to figure it out. Excellent, um, excellent. But next week I will be at the pole with, uh, you know, helping the big guy load up the sleigh and doing the final pre-flight checkup. Well, NASA, you know, that that's cool because we always thought you were out of this world. Right, and I am a little bit lost <laughs> in space, so, um, you know, that's... That's the way it's got to be. But anyway, this is the Car Doctor Radio Show, more or less. And uh, we are going to try and keep a straight hat on this week as uh, we kind of motor along and give you some information about your automobile. There is going to be an interview second hour, I believe it is. We have a gentleman from All Data stopping by because I thought it would be good to talk about, um, well, you know, and the best way I could sum it up is 
the gentleman walked into the shop this week and said, can you put an alternator on my 2005 Ford Explorer? I know that's what it is. I drive an 18-wheeler for a living, and I know when an alternator goes bad. And my comment was, well, why can't it be the onboard computer? Why can't it be the wiring harness? Because both of those are part of a charging system on this particular vehicle, like a lot of modern-day vehicles. And he just looked at me with this blank stare. It was, you know, deer in the headlights, like, what do you mean the computer controls the alternator? I was like, yeah. Um, needless to say, I didn't work on the vehicle because we're actually backed up right now till about January 3rd in the shop. We're trying to clear cars out and get caught up. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit this hour, too, about the 12-hour day we put in yesterday, uh, finishing everything up. Uh, but we won. We won the day, master of my domain, as I say. But, uh, you know, it, it just led me to believe that you guys need information. And if you're going to work on your car, that $35, $40 subscription for all data seems to be the way to go. It seems to be what you absolutely need. So we're going to talk about that that second hour at the bottom of the hour. Um, This hour, we're going to talk about a bunch of things, including holiday festivities and maybe some cautious driving. We're working on an interview, which we kind of threw together at the very last minute with NHTSA, NHTSA, and talking to them about holiday driving and some of the things that they're trying to do to make the public aware. And it may or may not come off this hour. This is live radio, folks, so we're never quite sure what's exactly going to happen. But we're going to try and pull that off uh, within the next 35 minutes. And if we don't... They assured us they will be here for New Year's, so we're going to be talking to them at some point, some of the catches, catch cans on holiday driving. But in the end, this radio show is for you. It's about your car. If you're new, thank you for stopping by. If you've been here a while, thank you for sticking around. And you know that all I really want to do is answer your questions. I want to talk to you about the car. I want to tell you what I went through in the shop this week. I think I wore out my voltmeter this week. I should probably start the conversation there. I don't think I've ever done this. And I always, you know, I mark down when I put a battery in the DVOM because I like to keep an eye on it so I know when the meter's going to get a little flaky and accuracy and stuff. And I changed a little 9-volt battery about a month ago. And I've used it a little bit off and on. And I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, more and more and more, every day this week, Every day for four to five hours this week, I had that DVOM on. I fixed everything. It was unbelievable. Had an had a 2009, uh, 2010 Ford Escape V6 misfire on cylinder four. And it seemed pretty straightforward enough in terms of misfire. Misfire on four. It's the first cylinder on the front bank. Easy enough to get to. Started the diagnosis. Looked at it. Looked down. And wouldn't you know, and I can't remember if I posted this on the Facebook page, and if I didn't, I will do it after the show today. The connector for the number four coil, the safety wasn't sitting square. You look at it, it's a little twisted to the right. Gee, that's kind of weird. And I took my finger and I went down and I flicked the connector and it fell off the coil. Well, gee, maybe I've got a coil connector that's not seated correctly. And maybe I've just got to change this connector. So I Got it on, and I held it in place with something temporarily and went through the diagnosis, scoped it, got out my voltmeter, did a couple of tests, and said, well, you know, it's not the coil, but it's not ignition. I'm going to repair the connector anyway, but the real culprit is number four injector. It's got to be number four injector. It's not making any sound. I scoped it. I will post the scope pattern, as a matter of fact. Um, I can get that off my phone. I took pictures of it. And, you know, here's the driver. Here's the injector going up. And number six, and here's the injector going nowhere on number four. Bad injector. That was Monday. Tuesday, the 07 Chevy Trailblazer showed up. The remote lock didn't work. The remote, the back door wouldn't lock. 
the tire pressure warning light was on and the key fobs weren't doing anything and there was a service tire system message on the dashboard. And in the end, what it came down to, plug in the scan tool and went looking, see who's talking, who's not. The liftgate module, which is the module that contains tire pressure information, lock information, lock control, and remote fob information in the tailgate, wasn't responding on the data bus. On a hunch, looking the vehicle over, I've seen this before, it's kind of common, the wiring where the door hinges up, where the rubber booty comes down off the door and goes into the main body, peeled that back, broken wires, three of them. Of course, General Motors, in their intelligence, decided that they would make the short harness available, but that isn't where it broke. It broke in the long harness that ran the length of the vehicle. So it was pull it all apart, pull down the headliner, pull the harness through, solder everything up, and here's an idea, General Motors. I spent an extra, eh, maybe 45 cents a wire. I spent an extra $2.50, and I put an extra loop of wire in so it's not so tight as it works its way back and forth so it won't break again. Solder it all up, put it back together, done. Vehicle number three was the 2009 Chevy Malibu that I guess the engineer from this trailblazer decided to work on the Malibu. He ended up making the wiring harness and the door jam too short that it actually caught and kinked, broke the yellow wire that feeds the master switch for the power windows, killed the power windows, this made no sense, okay? The harness is still available. It runs from the door jam through the door, and it's under 200 bucks. The only problem is it's in Detroit, so it's coming to me for next week. We have it coming overnight. Vehicle number four, this is all in one week. Vehicle number four was the 2011, 2011 Ford Fusion. Had a whine that sounded like a congressman being denied their health care benefits whenever you turned on the air conditioning. It screamed. Yeah, could it be air conditioning? You know, could it be something else? Maybe we're looking at this all wrong. Took the belt off, didn't make the noise, put the belt on, turned the AC on. Yeah, it's coming from the AC compressor. Got to put an AC compressor in it. Nobody has an air conditioning compressor. And I want to get a I want to get a Ford piece or I want to get something aftermarket that at least says is all complete. The aftermarket doesn't make anything new. They don't make anything complete. You can buy all these and cobble all these pieces together of junk made in China and the bad part, not the good part, like Ford does. Ha ha ha. So you go for a Ford compressor. Well, it's the $830 compressor that Ford didn't have in stock. They found it at some depot in Port Washington or Fort Washington, Pennsylvania. And by the time they got it to me, it looked like the thing had been run over by the FedEx truck about four times. And when I got it out of the box, yeah, the connector was, you know, a little schmuzzled, and I had to fix that and clamp that back in place. And you just say to yourself, you know, it's a tough job. And in the middle of all this, my voltmeter died because the battery wore out, and I put a, I had to put a nine volt battery in my in my in my voltmeter because a month wasn't long enough. It just just plumb wore it out. The point of all this, and the bottom line is, the life of an auto mechanic is really difficult. At least the ones that are trying. At least the ones that aren't the pretenders. The Mac Tool guy came in on Wednesday and he was talking to me. And he's watching me work on whichever car I was on at the moment. And there was other cars this week, and he said. You know, I really like the way you go through things step by step by step. And I said, well, what other way would you do it? He says, well, the last shop I just came from, the guy's been working on a misfire problem since last week. And he's changed all the ignition, the fuel injectors, the serpentine belt, 
the air filter, the cabin filter, the trans service. He's just, because I don't want to leave a stone unturned, he says, and he's just randomly changing parts. And the joke of it is the customer is allowing him to do that because they don't know any better. Hopefully that's why you're listening to this radio show, because I'm going to educate you about the better. Working on cars is tough. Working on cars is getting tougher. And that's what I'm here to help you decide and be wary of. So just uh, something to think about. And uh, I'm glad to have you here with me today. And we can stick around with each other and um, talk about cars. And that's just what we're going to do. Let me pull over and take the pause. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. And I'll return right after this. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. See my two front teeth. Gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. It seems so long since I could say. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Welcome back. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. Boy, I was kind of cringing there. I wasn't sure what Tom was going to stick in there for bumper music. There's also the um, Alvin and the Chipmunk version. The man has taste. Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, so far. You know, but the, hour, the, the, the two hours aren't over yet today, Tom. By the way, I, I have to, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to keep him. Um, before we go to the calls. Congratulations, Tone. How did the Giants manage to do that? We won um, um, because you were bashing them last Saturday and said they were going to lose to the Cowgirls. So, so, yeah, and I guess they are the Cowgirls at this point because they did beat them. So now tomorrow night. They play the Lions. Right. And the Lions. The Lions have have been real good this year. And the Lions are posed to thrash them. You never know. Any given Sunday. So I need you to thrash the Giants right now. Right. Well, well, because the Giants, this will be the week of the big letdown. Yes. That's automatic. Yeah, okay. You know, Cruz will drop every ball he's thrown. All right. Well, he hasn't been getting any balls thrown to him, so. So there you go. Yeah. So, and it's all about Odell. It's And Odell will be, and so it'll be, it's over. So okay. It's just, you know, we're not going to the playoffs this year. We're not going to win the Super Bowl. Forget it. All right. Um, anyway, thumbs up. Let's uh, let's get over to the phones. Let's go over to Rick and Milford, 12 Toyota Highlander and some idle issues. Rick, welcome to the car doctor. Now that we're through all the Christmas cheer, how can I help you, Ron and Indian, at your service, sir? Hi, Ron. Uh, yeah, the 2012 Highlander, it's a 3.5 V6, 55,000 miles. It's um, starting with high idle all of a sudden, about probably about 1,200 RPMs or something like that. It's not kicking down after okay. the initial startup when cold. And uh, it doesn't do it all the time, but I'm noticing it's doing it more and more. Has Went out a little later. Anybody work on it? Anybody work on it recently, Rick? Any service done to it? No, nothing recently, no. Okay. Any check engine light on? No, no lights on the dash. Yeah. Toyotas is a rule, and this is a general statement about Toyota that I, I think is still applicable, and I haven't I haven't found this to not be true. Toyotas, as a rule, are are very easy to set base idle if all things are correct. Um, the one thing that will trip them up, two things actually, that will trip them up, is a vacuum leak somewhere. All right, and it could be something as simple as on that Highlander that's a three five. There's those three vacuum lines that come over to the airbox. One's for the, I think it's the purge, um, and the other two come up off the intake plenum. There's two, there's three vacuum lines that come up. If even those fall off, they'll affect fuel trim, they'll affect idle range. So just make sure all the vacuum lines are plugged in and there's no other vacuum leaks. And then what, what I would tell you to do is have the throttle body serviced. Take the air duct off, 
okay? Clean the throttle body thoroughly. Make sure there's no ridge, no lip, all right? Disconnect the battery. Reassemble it. Disconnect the two battery terminals, okay? And you want to get, you know, the safe way to do this is to use a 10-ohm, 1-watt resistor wire so we bleed the PCM down slowly, take the positive and negative battery cables off, and put that jumper wire across the cables, all right? Okay. What that does is that that bleeds down and dissipates the memory, all right? It's like take your two thumbs and join them together, and all your bad memories are gone. Merry Christmas. Um, You know, it's the same idea. The, the, The computer has learned bad habits, and cleaning the throttle body now brings the throttle plate back to a zero reference, and joining the two cables together, once they're disconnected from the battery, now dumps that memory. Now the computer will learn on its own. That should do it. I would be surprised if it does not. And you want to tie those cables together for a minimum of 10 minutes. All right? Sometimes, some, you know, longer is better. You know, anywhere up to 20 is fine. But, you know, it doesn't have to be three weeks. But, um, you know, I, I, I have not found this not to work, provided I don't have another problem somewhere else. Okay. All right. All right. That sounds pretty easy. Give that a shot, and let's see what let's see what that does. Okay, sir? Great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, sir. Take good care. Let's go over to Cindy in Buffalo, New York, 2004 Focus. Cindy, how can I help you with your Focus? Hi. Um, yes, I love the car. It's old, I know, but I bought it four years ago with low mileage, and today it's got 63,000 miles on it. Right. So every year I kind of put a little money in it to it to, you know, keep it going. Right. Last year I put a bunch of new parts in, and now the cabin noise is so loud it drives me insane. I almost have to have the windows rolled down a little bit so I can uh, tolerate it. Okay. Um, When you say cabin noise, um, is this, does it vary by road or is it consistent regardless of the type of road you're driving on? Uh, Consistent on the type of road, it's just speed related. The faster I go the louder it gets from okay. 45 to 55 is it worst does it does it change if you make left or right turns no so it's it's still pretty consistent it's it's still a pretty good drone okay yeah. I'll, t- I'll tell you what Cindy stay put stay right where you are let me pull over and take this pause and uh, when I come back we can talk about it this can be an issue whether it's wheel bearing or tire I want to talk to you a little bit about it and discuss some diagnosis, and we'll go from there. I'm Ron Anini and the Car Doctor. We're cruising back right after this. Stay tuned. I actually do like this time of year because I get to sign up, sing along. You know, what do you think, Tone? Maybe next season, The Voice. You're not going to Hollywood. Okay. Well, maybe it's not shot in Hollywood. Maybe it's shot here in New York. Oh. You're not going to New York. You're going to stay in New Jersey. My, okay? father, my father wanted me to sing. He did. My father wanted me to sing. Really? Yeah, yeah. He asked me if I could learn to sing "Far, Far Away." I said I don't know that song. <laughs> let's uh, let's get back to Cindy in line two. We uh, actually would like to hear you sing solo, so nobody can hear you. Yeah, well, that's right. Cindy, how are you? Um, so hey, I'm doing this noise um, that you're yeah. hearing. Is this if if you were to sit there at idle and rev the engine up a little bit, you don't hear it, correct? So it's definitely speed related. 
That is right. All right. right. And, you know, I can tell you the timeline of the parts that I we changed, which might help you a little bit, because I, I hate to replace brand new parts because they might be defective. Sure, go ahead. Not uh, the two rear wheel bearings, four new tires, um, a tie rod, and then two front wheel bearings, and the CV joint bearing, you know, with that CV shaft. Right, the support bearing for it? Um, no, the whole shaft. Thing. Okay, so well, let me let me ask you this: Why did we start just randomly changing parts? Did we anybody try to diagnose this? Um, well, the tires were needed because they were worn out. Okay, and, and tires then, um, tires are a visual thing. We can see those and look at those and decide, you know, just just what's going on. So that's that's sort of a cut and dry thing. Um, you know, like even now, you could just take your hand and rub your hand over the tires. And see, does does the tire feel lumpy and bumpy, and what exactly is it doing? All right. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's that's number one. Uh, you know, it, could it be rotation? Could it be you know? So yeah, I mean, that's easy enough to figure out tire wise. Um, wheel bearing. Has anybody? Do you have the ability to drive this on a lift and listen to the front wheel bearings while the engine's turning? While the while the no, car's running. No, unfortunately. No, unfortunately we don't. It was just kind of like um, taking a pry bar and moving the wheel a little bit to see if there's play in the the bearing. And the tie rod was bad, so that's why he changed out that a tie rod in the bearing. Right, right. Um, and absolutely no change in this whatsoever for all that you're doing. Right. No. Um, well, it got really worse after changing the fourth front wheel bearing, and then. Um, that's when I took it to a mechanic, and they kind of thought it was that shaft, CV shaft um, joint type thing. So I had that replaced because it was a, you know, wasn't very inexpensive uh, fix. So I figured, well, you know what, it probably needs it anyways. Do it, and it didn't change it at all. Okay, let me ask you a question: How many arms do you have? Two. Two. Right, left and right. Okay. Put the car. Right. Put the car up in the air. Think of your arms. All right. If you get a squeak when you move both your arms, stop moving one of them. Which one stops the noise, the right or the left? So if you've got the car up in the air and you're driving it at 30 miles an hour on the lift and you can hear this noise using a mechanic stethoscope on the on the steering knuckle, then you know it's one of the front bearings or something in the front end. All right? Okay. Holding the left wheel... The right wheel start to turn. Do you hear the noise? No. Okay. Hold the right wheel. Let the left wheel spin. Do you hear the noise? Yes. You've now eliminated three quarters of the possible problem. All right. If if mm-hmm. if if holding determines it's it's up front. Now you may hold both front tires alternately, and the noise is and the noise isn't there. It's gone. Now the noise is in the back somewhere. Just because they were done doesn't mean the wheel bearings that were installed are any good. The fact that something... Does it have to... Go ahead. Does it have to be up to 45 miles per hour when I hear it in the car no. you know, versus 20 miles per hour? I'll hear, I'll, hear a bad, I'll hear a bad wheel bearing at 15 to 18 miles an hour. To tell you the truth, whenever I put Danny up in the air, I'll say, give me 15 slow. He knows I want, I want a slow acceleration to 15 miles an hour. Hold it. And then have him, I have him creep it up to about 20, 22 miles an hour, and I'm listening with a stethoscope. 
And in doing so, I'm hearing the noise at a level before the roar of the engine takes over and I can't hear anything. And I'm fighting all the other noises that occur at higher speeds and higher loads. So, right. you know, you know, doing it that way just makes it that much easier. But you, you can't keep replacing parts. Uh, no, you know, that's, that's I, I mean, from my seat here, the fact that the noise changed after you replaced the left front wheel bearing makes me think mm-hmm. that the left front, and that's what you said to me, makes me think that the left front wheel bearing wasn't installed properly. All right? So, you know, okay. somebody's got to listen to this with a mechanic stethoscope up in the air, and we've got to start to narrow this down. I, I will say this. There's also the possibility that this is in the front differential, of the transmission. This is a front wheel drive, obviously, and I wouldn't rule that yeah. out. But when you're when you're spinning your left and right arm or your left and right axle, if you don't hear anything in the wheel bearing, then take the stethoscope and put it on the final drive of the trans. Do you hear it there? Final drive. All right. All right. If 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 you know, so it's sort of like you want to look at your left hand, your right hand, left tire, right tire. If the noise isn't there, yes. you want to listen to the center, your heart, or the final drive of the transmission. Is that the noise? Okay. So it, you, you definitely kind of think it's a, a bearing versus tire tread noise. Well, I'll put it to you this way. If you put it up in the air and you can't hear anything up from the front and you spin the backs, you know, you, you could get a back tire spinning up the two, three miles an hour, give it a good crank. All right. You can listen yes. to a bearing that way then, you know, I'm trying to eliminate things. If moving the tires around doesn't change the noise, if reversing their rotation doesn't change the noise, then no, I don't I don't think this is a tire noise, not from the way you're describing it. This, to me, sounds like this is a bearing issue, one, one of the corners, and right now I'm betting on the left front. The left front, okay. All right. Just, yeah, because I did, I, I did have a front-end alignment, too. I forgot to mention right. that, too, and that didn't really. It changed a little bit, but not. Not nothing. Well, and it, it it shouldn't. All right, stand 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 up straight, Cindy, and look down at your feet. Your your toes are pointed mm-hmm. straight ahead, right? Hopefully, yeah. Okay, and if you walk a little, if you walk a little pigeon toed, toes in, toes out, that's not going to change noise. It's unless you scuffle, unless you kind of gimp along. All right, like Festus from from oh. Marshall Dillon. But uh, my yeah. my you know my point is. Alignment just affects how your shoes wear, which way things are pointed. Oh. For it to create noise, it's got to be severely out of alignment. And at that point, you would see it in the way the tires are wearing, whether they're feathered or pickled or worn or smooth or, you know, there's a hundred ways to approach it. So I would, you know, usually this is a pretty simple diagnosis. Up in the air, stethoscope, a 15 roll, and we go from there. All right. That sounds like an easy target. You know, at least I know. What? But it's a shame that I got to replace a brand new wheel bearing if it's defective out of right. the wrapper. Right now, where'd you, where'd you where'd you get the wheel bearing from? Advanced Auto. Yeah, I think it's national brand. Right. You know, and that's the other thing we have to talk about is brands. Brands are always important, but um, was it was it a complete bearing assembly or did it require being pressed? Pressed. Right. And who, who presses it and how they press it, you know, that's a that's a lost art in this country now, too. So, you know, there's a lot of potential for human error here, so make sure whoever's doing it knows what they're doing. I'm not saying they did it wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, you're now counting on two or three more people in the process to do their job right, and that kind of stinks things up a little bit sometimes. 
Especially when it's your husband. Well, well, yeah, and that's you know, I, I kind of had a, I kind of had a sense of that, and I don't want to get anybody in trouble, and I know he's trying. Um, by the way, you're up there in Cheap Buffalo. Labor. Yeah, well, you know, labor of love. How much uh, How much snow you got up there, Buffalo way this this time of year now? About two feet. Yeah, more coming, I bet. So, yeah, yeah. Season. All right. Listen, I'll uh, I'll put the good word in for you when I see the big elf next week. You have yourself a good holiday season, and let us know how you make out with your focus. Will do. Thank you very much for your help today. You're, you're very welcome, Cindy. You take good care. I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. Car Doctor's toll-free number. If we're uh, not here, by the way, you can leave a message. We set it up like that. And by the way, don't forget, if you're listening to this radio show on podcast, whatever device you're using, however you're getting it, click subscribe if you have that option. Help us out. It makes uh, the sponsors happy. I'm Ron and I'll be back right after this. All I want for is you. I generally know what to do, and that's either fix cars or answer the phone, one or the other. So let's go do that right now. Greg in Iowa, 06 Grand Caravan. Greg, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Hi there. Yes, um, I've got a car here that belongs to a gal that uh, works at a radio station I do some uh, engineering work for. Her, and she, she works in radio, so she doesn't have a lot of spare money. So right. I offered to help her out with a couple of problems. And okay. my wife, the business manager, is negotiating payment in baked goods. Uh, she's got an EGR fault on her car according to the scan tool i have a po404 yep. if i remember correctly yep. and the, the engine's running really rough and uh uh had uh, multiple misfire codes uh originally and a cylinder one and three misfire i cleared the codes ran the engine a little bit the uh, multiple misfire code came up right away and uh because i don't want to just throw parts at this car um uh, and I was uh, wondering uh, if you had any suggestions. I was thinking if there was an easy way to bypass the EGR and see if that improved the uh, engine running. I was going to try that next when I get my mitts on the car. Yeah, you can. You know, listen. You know, it, it, it sounds like you've you've got some car time under your belt, Greg. It's it's just like anything else, non-electronic, non. Um, you know, non-fancy, uh, you know, basic single one-line vacuum vacuum line EGR valve, we'd still be cut out the bottom of the Pepsi can and put it across the port and see does the car run any better a million years ago when things were so simple. So y- you can do that with this, um, you know, just to see will it take away the misfire, does she have anything else compounding it. The Now keep in mind that EGR valve where it's located, what is this, a 3-3? Three, 3-3 three? Three, three or a 3-8? Yes. Yeah, it's a 3-3. Three, three. So that valve's over on the passenger side front corner of the engine compartment, if memory serves me correct. And yeah. the the two tens, one of the tens, I think something here is going to require you to remove the alternator, which gets to be a pain in the tail because of the location. I think one of the tens is going to be overlapping the alternator. It won't clear the case. So, you know, that said, to take the EGR off, put a plate in, put the alternator back on, put the EGR back on, test it, you know, it gets to be a little tedious. There are some things we can do depending upon what kind of scan tool you do. But even if you have a basic digital volt ohm meter, um, first step, key on engine off, all right, 
you can look and find the uh, wires down at the sensor, all right? The pink-yellow wire at the EGR valve is going to be 5 volts, all right? The dark blue-green is the ground, okay? So we should see 4.2 volts or 4 volts on that that, um, uh, pink-yellow, if memory serves me correct, or it's going to be the third one that's not here, um, you're going to see 4.2, 4 volts, give or take, key on engine off. And, and, and then, you know, then it starts from there. And then as, it, as the valve starts to open, we're going to see lower voltage. So right off the bat, if we see 3 volts on the signal line going back to the PCM, key on engine off, we know the valve's stuck up. And we can test that, okay. we can test that without having to take the valve off. I like that. All right, so that kind of makes it easy. Do this, you know, fellow radio brother, but still a car doctor listener. Can you email me the VIN? Sure. The 17-digit VIN, Ron, at cardoctorshow.com, and I'll dig up wiring, a wiring schematic just so I make sure I'm on the right wire here. I've got three wires in my head, and I think I'm confused on one color. I want to reference it again, and um, that way it'll give you something else to I'll, – I'll be exact. But that's the easiest way to do it rather than start taking things apart, putting things together, and so on. All right, sir? Good deal. Thank you. You're very welcome. You take good care, and uh, I'll look for that email. I'm Ron Annie and the Car Doctor. We're back right after this. Bells will be Welcome back. We're on the, the car doctor. Let's get right back into it. Let's go to Frank in Iowa. Frank, welcome to the car doctor, sir. How can I help? Yeah, uh, I got my uh, my right rear brake light is dimmer than my left rear brake light. Okay. Um, and what have you done to it to diagnose it so far? Anything? Uh, I've changed the bulb, and that didn't help. Didn't make any difference. So, you know, the next no. thing the next thing we've got to talk about is we we've either got low voltage or bad ground. Or a poor ground, so we've got, we've got to go in and test that. So, are, are you handy? Do you have a voltmeter? Uh, no. Okay, then you know it's 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 probably going to have to go through to a mechanic or someone with a voltmeter because the first thing we want to do is go across that bulb socket, and with the car running, take the bulb out. Do we record charging system voltage across that across those terminals? Now, it could also be just something as simple as a dirty socket. Or, you know, just a poor contact. Have you tried, you know, with the lens off or the bulb just in its socket, have you tried wiggling the socket a little bit to see if you can change it or alter it? Yeah, I haven't tried that. I'll try that. You know, everything is so, you know, the non-technical word is cheesy, Frank. (laughs) Everything is so fragile today that the filaments, the contact points, you know, the sockets themselves, not just Kia's, a lot of stuff. And it's just it's it's tweaked the wrong way. It's sometimes it's partially distorted from heat, and just wiggling and gently massaging it'll tell you an awful lot. But other than that, you know you're going to have to go in and at least put power across the power and ground that feeds the bulb, and then consider doing a voltage drop test on the ground leg. Do we have uh, an alternate path to ground going that way? 
and start to see, you know, it's all, it's, it's, it's amps and watts or amps and volts, as Abbott and Costello used to say. But um, let's take it down that path and see where that gets you. All right, kiddo? All righty. You're very welcome, Frank. I'm sorry the clock's going to take me. Well, whew, wait, that was a quick hour. I think there's another hour coming up. Yep, Tom tells me I don't get to go home yet today. So another hour of Car Doctor coming up after the news at the top of the hour on most of these affiliates. Till then, I'm Ron Anani and the Car Doctor. And I'm telling you one more time, good mechanics aren't expensive. They're priceless. See ya.